With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Greetings. You are now listening to the McCovey Croncast. Stand by for your hosts, Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni. They will be discussing your favorite baseball squadron, the San Francisco Giants. Take it away, Brian and Doug. All right, and joining us this week is uh, the god of the site, yes. Grant Brisby. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Well, how are you? I'm doing well, you know, busy lording over the site, making sure yeah. things are going smoothly. Uh, and whatnot. And whatnot. <laughs> Whatnot's very important. That's right. That's right. It, it encompasses et cetera and, uh, and what have you. And so- uh, that's right. Indeed. Uh, the Giants are coming off of a, another pretty successful, pretty danged successful week. Um, they, they, they swept the Padres and then they took two out of three in Coors Field. And then they didn't play yesterday in Atlanta. They had the day off uh, <laughs> as they traveled and uh, they didn't lose yesterday in Atlanta. Uh, they didn't act like traveling from Colorado and playing a day game had any effect on them whatsoever. So, <laughs> Not at all. I don't remember a thing like that. <clears throat> uh, MLB scheduling is great, especially for what it has. But that's that's a difficult trip. <laughs> so, oh, you just got done playing a mile high? Go play in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> they're, I mean, their scheduling all year has been really, really, really weird. I mean, I notice it when I when I get the schedule. I'm looking for the days off. I mean, you know, I'm you know for obvious reasons. I'm looking for the those sweet, sweet oases of uh, of, of reprieve, <laughs> and. Like they have a day off next Monday, the sixth, before the Red Sox come into town, and then they have a day off that Thursday, the ninth, right when the Red Sox leave after a two-game series. But for the first two months, they like didn't have a day off. From my recollection, they have not had a day off yet this year. Um, <laughs> no, they, and they played six double headers, I think, too. What's that? Sorry. I think they played six double headers too. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I mean, that was, man, I remember that day. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Jake Peavy pitched both of those games, I think. So, uh. Yeah, but, but it's weird. I mean, like, later on in September, I think I wrote, like, they they have a series in Wrigley, and then they go right to Coors, and it's like, oh, yay, you know, that's great, great schedule. So um, just the, the quirks and foibles that make it so hard on the Giants in an even year. As, as it you know, it's got to have some level of difficulty, I think. So, uh, yeah. So the Padres, they they haven't lost to the Padres this year. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love. I've made a cottage industry about complaining about eighteen Padres games a year, um, just because that that's way too much Padres. That is like way above what the FDA recommends. It's like just so much Padres, eighteen Padres games, and so I. It's, it's it's fun to complain about it, but at this rate, it's man, why can't they have twenty eight? <laughs> right, right. It's been a lot of fun these Padres games, <laughs> right? But it, it is it is kind of like beats are good for you, but if you have you're going to turn purple <laughs> at some point, 
and the Giants the Giants are going to turn into camouflage at some point. And, uh, they are going to metaphorically look at their toilet and go, what the hell is that? That's right. That's right. Uh, Corey Spangenberg is going to start, his head's going to start sprouting out of Hunter Pinch's soul, shoulder or something. It's going to start looking weird. Oh, I've got a bad case of being nervous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so those are the two Padres names I still remember. <laughs> but that there really is an object permanence with that entire roster. I'm like, who's that again? Who is he? <laughs> What what's his name now? It's 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 Martian Upton Jr. But what is it today? They're uh, all Jesus Guzman to me. That's right. Uh, now and forever. <laughs> I mean, always and forever. It's... Just a uh, bunch of Clayton Richardses. Yeah, just he's still on the team, and you can't convince me otherwise. Clayton's Richard. <laughs> Clayton's Richard. Uh, so Grant, uh, since you were last on the show, we changed up the format slightly. We go back and we review the games of the week or we review each game pretty quickly. We talk about them so we can do it pretty quickly and then, uh, get to, get to the real meat and potatoes of it where I cry for 20 minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's the new format change too. Now, uh, (laughs) give them what they want. Yeah. Uh, the giants are, are, uh, they rolled out of beating the Cubs on Sunday night baseball, which nobody predicted that nobody, not, not even Bruce Bochy. He, he had Kelby Tomlinson hitting third and, uh, and bunting in like the third inning. So that, you know, there was no, anyway. Uh, so, uh, after a one, nothing shutout, uh, you know, Oh, the Padres are coming to town. They, they could probably score some runs there. And, and no, they, they, they went a walk off one to nothing. So, <laughs> amazing. With, yeah, with Johnny Cueto pitching uh, another great start, as we've kind of just been talking about. Ho hum, he's he's doing great. <laughs> so, yeah, went through another complete game. Uh, this time, another shutout and uh, two hits, six strikeouts, no walks, and uh, and 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 that's it. And and I look at and I watching the game. I, I just was sort of like, well, I, I guess they don't have to score runs anymore. I guess yep. they're just going to pitch their ways, their way to wins. Just like we were all expecting, right? Right. Cueto's got that thing where you look up and it's the sixth inning and he's at like 32 pitches. <laughs> and that's it's like you're just not used to that with Giants pitchers. And not like they've uh, you know had like bad pitchers for the last decade. Of course, they've had some great seasons, some Cy Young seasons, some all-star seasons. But even with Tim Lincecum at his best, like you get up to be the seventh inning and he would be kind of cruising in on a hundred pitches. That's just what happened. That's what he did. So when you look up at Cueto and it's just like, you know, sixth inning and he's, you know, less hyperbolically, he's at 60 pitches, 70 pitches. It's, it's amazing. It's so much fun to watch. He's just so, so dang deficient. He's uh he's got Kirk readers pace and, uh, and sort of that vintage Tim Lincecum effectiveness. In a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, and I loved his starts against the Padres because he was doing it a different way each time. You know, the first one, I can't remember the exact sequence, but the first one was fastballs. He's placing his fastballs here, fastballs there. His second one uh, was his cutter. He's putting his cutter here, cutter there. And then that last one was his changeup. He was just baffling them with like 20, 30 changeups and they couldn't hit him. It was uh, – he is a treat to watch, and I told you guys all offseason. I <laughs> yeah. told you. You did. I mean, we said it on the podcast too. We we're like Johnny Cueto, great move. We believe in this a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Just everyone, no- all at McCabe Chronicles, we all were totally on board with this. 
it was like literally 10 starts in the second half of last year that were bad, a little rough, whatever. And people are making this big deal like he's got an elbow injury or something. It's just garbage. <laughs> garbage analysis in, garbage analysis out. That's that's the media today. Yeah. Today's media. Blogosphere. Uh, right, right. Uh, we, we should probably point out that this game ended funky. Um, that this was the game where Hunter Pence came back to life. And he hit a walk-off. Uh, well, it wasn't scored a double. Um, <laughs> but it was Matt Kemp with some shenanigans in right field. And, um, and and not really playing. Let me just say this. I think if you didn't watch the series for some reason, which you could be forgiven for not watching it because it is the Padres, their defensive shifts were sort of uh, like a student film experiment <laughs> about how to do... Uh, like It was like watching people try to learn how to do defensive shifts. I, I don't know what their plan. I, I, I think I generally get what their plan was. And, and I even think they pitched to their plan to some degree, but the shifts were ridiculous. Like conceptually were still ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that it was, You'll find out about this when you read the book when it comes out. They were the Padres are being run by Ben Lindbergh and Sam Miller this year. <laughs> so this is the only rule is that it has to work part two, and they're just screwing around, you know, just just dicking around with iPads and putting players wherever they want. Um, you know, in August you'll have Matt Kemp in center field or playing shortstop or something, and it's going to make for some great reading. He'd have a great arm at shortstop. So. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like the part where the front office is like, okay, now uh, center fielder is going to play in right center field, and we're just not going to have a real center fielder. And they're just like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt Duffy's good at hitting the ball the other way. What if we overshifted completely and gave uh, a, a single to center field, turn that into a double? Because he's not going to hit it to center field. Uh, that doesn't happen. No, anyway. You know, I'm a, I am spent uh, m- most of the spring managing myself, as I've mentioned. Uh, I, I've coached seven- and eight-year-old girls in softball. And in this league, in yeah, you know what? It's, God, it's God's work. And I bring it up within like five seconds of talking to everybody. It's, it's like being a vegan. Uh, you know, by the way, I coach softball because my heart's just that big. No. Um, so in this league, you can you have uh, – you can field 10, 10 – fielders and so you have the regular infield and then you have four outfielders and when I would write the lineups um, I would alternate just based on on whim and because I'm an idiot and because I would do it the last second there would be a left center fielder and then sometimes there would be a right center fielder and so the lineup would either read LCF or RCF and the girls would look at it every day and because I was using a different one each time they never learned the outfield positions they were always confused always had to like walk them out there and I'm pretty sure that's what the Padres are doing they just put (laughs) LCF, RCF, and Matt Kemp's like, ah, okay, and you know, <laughs> the Padres manager has to walk him out there, and I, I say Padres manager because I, I don't know, it's Andy I Green, check, I think. <laughs> I should check that out, Bruce Bochy. Oh no, 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 that's ours. Yeah, <laughs> not with them anymore. Okay, Andy Green. I knew that kind of. Ted Leitner. Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> oh, he does. They're terrible radio. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I so uh, I, I said this in the last podcast, but now you're here, Grant, and I know you don't listen. Um, that I was I wanted to invite the uh, I'm kidding. I wanted to invite the uh, creator of the new Fox show pitch on 
to discuss the fictional Padres because I think more people will be interested in <laughs> listening to his fictional construct of the Padres and also ask him what they plan on doing with the Giants because I don't know if you cut that preview, but she gets her groove back by striking out a Giant. And uh, and if I recall correctly, that is the game. She comes comes back and does well against the Giants. That's <laughs> we're Pretty... the ba- they're the bad guys in the pilot. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, fair enough, right? That's. <laughs> In the narrative of the Padres, that's a pretty, that's pretty true. good bad guy. <laughs> uh, so one nothing I've maintained is pretty much like the most exciting baseball score you can have because you really are like a really hard sneeze away from just it becoming a catastrophe. And, uh, and, and the fact that the Giants scored their lone run as a walk-off, that's fantastic. And Hunter Pence uh, coming back uh, certainly – Good. He didn't have to go on the DL. Um, uh, it, it wasn't going to be an Angel Pagan situation where he wasn't DL'd, and then <laughs> then yeah. he comes back and he's kind of you know. So you know, our long national nightmare is over. Angel Pagan's finally disabled uh, on the disabled disabled on the disabled list. <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that so one nothing. We go in the next game. Game two of the series. Uh, Giants just roll in this one late, eight to two, and uh, and that's that's Jeff Samarja, kind of ho hum seven innings. He broke the streak of pitching at least uh, seven innings by a Giants starter, like a bum loser. And, yeah, he threw 105 pitches. He has uh, after this turn through the rotation, he will have thrown the most pitches in in uh, in baseball so far, uh, but. Uh, Brandon Crawford had a huge game, two for three, with four RBI. Uh, and Jarrett Parker got a fastball. I don't know why people are still throwing him <laughs> fastballs, but he crushed a home run to uh, as deep as you can hit it in center field, probably without hitting that scoreboard. Uh, and and uh, it was a fantastic game. Josh Josh Osich pitched again, which uh, that's a bit of a red flag, as we'll discuss. <laughs> Uh, but otherwise, just a, another great win all the way around. That was sort of like, are the Padres even there? That, <laughs> that was the one where I felt really bad. They put in that that uh, kid Keith Hessler at the end of the game, and he threw the the final two innings. Yeah, and he threw like fifty one pitches in those two innings, and he just looked like he wanted to die. <laughs> and I, I wanted to die with it. Like it was just it was so uncomfortable to watch. He that you know he gave up the double. He was forced to walk. Buster Posey with nobody out, like nobody out, a runner on second, and the manager's like, "All right, walk Posey." It's like you idiot. <laughs> and I mean, and then he walked Belt, uh, and then that's when Crawford went off, and Jared Parker hit that big booming home run. But like, I that was his second inning of work when that all started. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to to die with him. Yeah, I uh, I I don't know why you would necessarily walk Buster Posey with the straight splits because it. It really, at least through this series, Buster Posey was not lighting the world on fire, uh, exactly. And and also the game. Uh, anyway, he has not done well since he left San Francisco. Grant, just Ye- so you know. Yeesh. <laughs> he was broken by. That's right. He a- pitched Anthony he- Gray, uh, <laughs> manager. <laughs> Schlerm Schmidt. <laughs> Uh, no, he pitched another inning in Arizona, and he he gave up two earned runs, and 
anyway, anyway, so you know the Giants uh, are beating the Padres in ways we 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 expect at this point. I guess that's the way to go. Remember when Andrew Kashner was the big the big new thing, Oof. and sort of yeah. you know rightfully so. Like you kind of hoped, oh, he's going to put it together, but uh, no. That's that's uh not to be necessarily. He's big. He used to throw 100 miles an hour, and he's fuzzy. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was like when the Cubs traded him for Anthony Rizzo. He was he had like shoulder issues, like ah, you know, just a little bit of the sore sore shoulder. Um, for you know, no no big deal. What a young pitcher with a sore shoulder? Uh, let's just give up Anthony Rizzo for him. That yeah. is. Well, power fastball, I guess, was sort of the whole thing. And, like, yeah, yeah, Rizzo playing in San Diego had nothing to do with his not-as-amazing offense as we had been told. Uh-huh. Uh, but Pomerantz, uh, the guy, we didn't even talk about him. Uh, he's he's pitched well when the Giants have seen him so far this year. He's he's maintained it. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's that's the second straight starting pitcher the Padres have stolen from the A's. Uh, Pomerantz and then Tyson Ross earlier. So um, they've got something good going with the A's. Uh, <laughs> they're stealing some good starting pitchers from the A's and, and, and getting some value that way. But yeesh. So does most of the league. Uh, <laughs> but Samarja, I, I mean, another another signing grant that you were way out in front of and trumpeting, yeah. uh, leading the charge, really. It was yeah. a little embarrassing for a while. Yeah, just uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta look for the value. It's um, it's Moneyball, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the Giants said, uh, "Oh, we we like Samarja." There's not like that's a clean arm, not a lot of wear and tear. And then the first two months of the season, they're like, "Throw as many pitches as you can imagine, <laughs> <laughs> all the pitches in the land." <laughs> he's a, he's done a couple of those where like Bochi, like he'll end the sixth or seventh inning with a hundred and five pitches, and Bochi's like, "We'll get him out there, you know, <laughs> finish the job." Uh, <laughs> which I, it's hard to have a perspective because you you and I, I think all all three of us kind of started watching baseball around the same era, um, really getting into it when you know pitch counts were insane. You know, Randy Johnson would throw 150 pitches every game. You know, Levon Hernandez, same thing. So to say he's thrown the most pitches in the league, it's like, that's true. You know, it's a counting stat, but it's not like I've ever really watched one of his starts saying, get him out of there, get him out of there, come on, get him out of there, don't be so short-sighted. It's it, it kind of, it's very organic how he's throwing all these pitches. And, and yeah, this, oh, go ahead, Doug. One of the one of the things that Mike Kruka always talks about is, you know, well, if he looks fine, then he can go out there and throw 150 pitches. And you know, he'll say that about literally every pitcher on earth. And you'll say, all right. And you don't really know how true it is because, you know, maybe that's, you know, maybe he throws it right and his body's like, no, no, I don't No, We're done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that happens. But at the same time, if there is truth to it, then like, I, I couldn't say for sure. I don't know anything about pitching mechanics. I literally know nothing. People just start to talk about them. My eyes kind of go, mm. <laughs> So, I don't know. Maybe he is fine. These people are smarter than me. Or maybe they're just like, well, the bullpen is trash. Yeah. I, I think the bullpen is sort of kind of trash. And also... Um, it's going to help later on, I think. Uh, the extra inning that Samarja and Cueto and Bumgarner are, are absorbing now, I I would be more worried about the bullpen absorbing them uh, now in September. 
if that makes sense. It, it, I think they're going to be a little bit more rested with this kind of yeoman's work they've been doing in the non-PV starts. And I think I think it's going to show some benefits later. Um, I don't think it, it's going to matter much when they acquire Andrew Miller, but um, <laughs> I think it'll help in the future. Uh, all right. So then uh, not really much to talk about beyond that uh, for that game. And then. Then the next game, another walk-off, fantastically, uh, to sweep the series 4-3. to three. And um, uh, here's the miracle of that game. Lasting into the seventh inning without uh, a smoking crater where his pitches should land. Uh, Jake Peavy was Jake Peavy, six and two-thirds. He had four strikeouts. It's nice to see those strikeouts return because, again, that was the thing he could hang his hat on through all of this <laughs> disaster. Uh, and he... He pitched well. I feel like there should be a little bit of a mark that it was against the Padres because I think after this being the ninth game that it had shown, it's the Padres. Uh, so I don't necessarily think it's it's all that fantastic. But, I, I mean, it is somewhat encouraging to see. Look, I've written him off. But if you if I have to look for a positive, it's that he faced a bad team and he did not kill his team. Yeah, it was a movable object and a resistible force. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of just bounced and collided each other in the right way. It, you know, it was a good start. It, like, a, if we're not going to give him bonus points for you know uh, messing the bed against the Cubs, then we shouldn't take away too many bonus points for for you know doing it against a bad team. He he still did it against a bad team, and it's a it's a bad lineup with players that can hit mistakes. Like they're not bad because they've got just you know the worst players in the world they're bad because they've got uh players who aren't so hot against good pitching like melvin upton and brett wallace and Derek norris um alexi ramirez like but those are guys that can punish dumb stupid pitches which is what pb was specializing in before that start um so it, it, they have guys who can hurt a really bad pitcher and they've got guys who can help um, a control pitcher out. And I think that's what happened. They were just over anxious, a ton of first pitch outs, if I remember correctly. And uh, just, it was a good matchup, just PV against a really, really over anxious Padres team. Well, the main thing, like you said, they'll punish mistakes and, and the Giants bullpen. That's really, I mean, if you go and just look at, if you just watch a, a highlight reel of their pitches, it's just like down the middle, down the middle, down the middle. <laughs> that hitter's wheelhouse it's just like it's constant uh and it's very it's 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 very demoralizing but we should talk about christian bethencourt that is his real name uh because that was sort of the the blow that that tied the game uh kept the padres in it forced it into the 10th inning uh before brandon crawford hit the winning run but it was against josh osich who has pitched in um He's thrown 17 innings this uh, season so far, but he's he's thrown in 26 games uh, already, and uh, maybe maybe a little bit of overuse uh, starting to creep in here. But he is a, a player who's prone to sort of they're trying to make him Jeremy Affelt, and he's sort of is that Jeremy Affelt already, where he's really sharp in some appearances, and then in other appearances, it's like oh my god. Just retire, man. Or in this case, like, oh my god, he needs a lot of work. Yeah, and he's—you see the stuff. I mean, you see what they like. It's ninety-six, ninety-seven from the left side. Um, he's not entirely wild. You know, he'll have he'll uh, uh, he'll get a wild hair up his nose. 
But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's not like all over the place, which is I think he might have been two years ago if the Giants had tried him out, you know, straight out of double A or something. So you, you see the temptation. You see what he can do right. And what's, what does he pitch? You know, 15, 16 innings? Um, 17 and a third. But he has given up five home runs. Yeah. So, like, is that a problem or is that a sample size? I mean, like, you feel like a like a dork continually saying, oh, maybe it's sample size. But really – you know, that's five home runs in 17 innings. And when Hunter Strickland gave up uh, 13 home runs in a third of an inning that post uh, 2014 postseason, uh, give or take, it was like, that's probably sample size. And he came back the next year and it was like, yeah, he's not like a magic home run goblin. Like it, it was basically sample size. And maybe that's Osage now uh, or Osage now. Um, but I, maybe, maybe he just likes giving up home runs on fastballs right down the middle. Right. <laughs> I mean, the other problem with Osich is that he's striking out way less people, even with his stuff, and he's walking a few more. And that's, you know, if you're going to also have a bad year in terms of giving up home runs, then you should decide not to do that. It's really simple. <laughs> I don't know why they don't just decide not to do that. Well, well new I'm rags. Not, I'm not sure if, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe they are trying to turn him into Athelt so much that they're like, "Hey, he got a lot of he lot, he got a lot of ground balls. Become more of a ground ball pitcher, and, and maybe that's affecting something." I have no clue, but uh, yeah, it, there is certainly sample size happening. Potential. I'm willing to go with that because, as you said, the stuff. One thing we have to talk about in this podcast is that Hunter Strickland is amazing, and there's nothing wrong with him, and he's <laughs> probably the best pitcher on the staff. Uh, and he definitely doesn't vanity search on Twitter. Does not vanity search on Twitter whatsoever. Oh, it, it's I, I vanity search on Twitter, and I, <laughs> it's hard for me not to like like what I find most are people that don't get my stupid jokes. So they'll like be like, "Oh, I can't believe like Brisby said this about Kershaw," and like it's like it takes all of my energy not to go. Well, actually. Yeah, <laughs> that was a joke, and you just don't get it, you know. But I, 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 I want to see what I'm doing right and doing wrong, and what people hate me for. So I, I get it. I get it. I'm well, gonna... whenever I have vanity search, there's like people in the UK who have the same name, and one's like a soccer player, I think, or there's like an author, and so it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. So then the worst thing that could happen is I, I make no impression, and no one's ever saying. So occasionally I'll get someone who is completely not aware of my brand on Twitter <laughs> and is very upset that I've said a thing about their favorite squadron, but yes. uh, in the moment. <laughs> but uh, just ignore those. Uh, so, so the Giants get a sweep and uh, and they roll into Coors and, you know, the Coors Field. Maybe the offense will come back to life, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh in the first game of the series, not really. And uh they lose 5 to 2, but sort of the bigger loss in that game, if I can speak like a reporter, the biggest <laughs> loss in that game was Matt Kane, who we who I declared was back, but his hamstring declared he needed to take a nap. It declared and, spring. Yeah. So <laughs> Matt Kane died uh of dysentery of the hamstring. <laughs> and uh, he will not be completing the season probably uh, yeah. with the Giants. And now they're back to having two uh, uh, code reds in their rotation, which is great. That's what you wanted. <laughs> but essentially, like the baseball gods give it and they take it away. They're like, oh, Kane's back. Oh, now he's 
it's going to go on the shelf for an un- indeterminate amount of time and have to get his rhythm back and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, get back in that groove again, like he had been trying to do since the elbow injury. Yeah, that that won't take any time. So, <laughs> so that was great. Uh, and, and really, you know, Colorado and Matt Kane over the years, that's been quite the struggle. And, and like, he's had good starts, but bad starts, and it's, it's just been, you know, the Giants really... If the broadcasters are any indication, they have nightmares about Coors Field. So when they're not getting blown out and giving up 15 doubles in an inning, Jake Peavy, uh, then they're losing players on hamstring sproings. So kind of a forgettable game. Uh, It just kind of sucked to lose Matt Cain. That was my big thing. So. Yeah, I mean, it's there's no one I'm rooting harder for this season. I'm sure you guys are at least close to the same way. It's just, it, wouldn't it be just awesome if he pitched really, really, really well for 32 starts? Um, maybe not really. I mean, just like, well, just like, hey, we're glad that this guy is on our team. Uh, he might not be the top three starters, but... Uh, I was really looking forward to this year, like that being a story. Like Matt Cain is like the story of 2016, just the way he came back and, and, and had this encouraging season. So not to happen, apparently. Nope. Um, no. And I have to, after this game, I think it's, I have to, in order to save him, I must destroy him. And I have to write off my Matt Duffy love. Um, 0 for 4 in this game and, and really just getting, getting a couple hits here and there. And if he's going to end the season uh, close to last year, it's going to be a slow, painful process potentially. But I, I think I'm, I, I need to save him and say that Matt Duffy is bad. So if I, my, if my love for him hurt him, then surely my general disdain of all things I love will save him. Brian, Brian, earnest ragging, earnest ragging. You have to believe it. It can't be because it'll save him. I'm doing it because he's terrible. Rest in peace, Matt Duffy. (laughs) It is done. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, his slumps are no joke. Like he is. Woo! Those are some. Those are some real. Like good slumps. Um, They. You know, he just it, – it's tough for him to pull the ball. It's tough for him to avoid gloves because they're playing him uh, so dramatically in the outfield. You know, it's, it's like they have scouting reports or something, um, and they're they're playing him to slap the ball down the line, which he was adept at last year. So uh, it's not looking good. At the same time, he's, he's got the kind of glove that will make you stick with him for like two years uh, as opposed to, you know, like a month. Like, it's not like it's Casey McGee where he does nothing well. Like, just nothing well. And you're like, well, maybe he, he can hit 290. And when he's not doing that, he's he's not doing anything else that helps. Well, Duffy runs a little bit. He feels uh, outstanding. Uh, so they're going to give him a lot of patience. But it's, yee, 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 it's not fun to watch right now. I love that Connor I mean, Gillespie yeah. is such not an option. <laughs> they're like, nope, <laughs> we're riding Matt Duffy. <laughs> Oh man! I yeah. mean, the interesting thing is, Fangraphs even has him as a decent player this year. They have him projected out for the year to be about worth two wins, which is an average starter because his defense is so good. Yeah, baseball um, has him at a win right now, which yeah, right. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> um, and you know, there are things that he's doing better. He's doing. He's walking more. He's striking out less, but he's not hitting the ball as hard, and it's it's showing up. 
Yeah, you know, he's got the batting average and balls in play issue. Uh, maybe it was a little inflated last year, and maybe the, those dramatic shifts are taken away from that um, in a way that he can't just describe to luck. So, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily super worried, but considering that he came out of the mists uh, last year, yeah, it's it's probably smart to worry a little bit and uh, wonder if what you see is what you're going to get. If he's just going to be like Pedro Feliz without the power, Oh God! I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> then there's, <laughs> there's really not much left of Pedro Feliz if you take that away. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so overall, pretty much a, a forgettable game. George Contos, since he's come back, has not really done anything to make you go, "Hey, George Contos." It's to make you go, you know. Eventually, they're going to have to DFA somebody, and now the list is is he's on that list. Am, am I? view estimation um i I don't know who else it's gonna happen guys got bros it's gonna happen they're gonna have well uh, apparently sergio romo had a little bit of a setback coming back from his injury oh sure sure yeah Yeah. but i'm just saying it's not gonna happen right away i'm just saying like where the giants maybe couldn't consider candidates i feel like they have at least one or two at this point right um I've always I've been just a little bit hard on Contos for like a year or two. Um, it's there though. It's I think it's warranted. Yeah, it's you just he, boy he hangs a lot of sliders, and I think he got uh, I think he got a little lucky last year when it came to the home runs. I mean that that's where his uh, shiny ERA came from. Is that uh, I think he was a little bit lucky with a lot of those hanging sliders last year, and when you're not throwing ninety five. Yeah, you know, it's it's. Uh, I guess it's not last year that we, he was lucky in 2014. Um, last year he was uh, quite unlucky. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. 2014 to me felt like a mirage, or last year felt like quite a mirage. But both those seasons, uh, it just sort of felt like I don't know if that's really him. It felt like 2013, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know how he quite does it. His one thing I will say is he's maintained that like 89 to 91. And then, yeah, like you said, that fastball that just kind of gets lucky. Uh, it looked like in his last appearance, though, he sort of had a, a little bit of a cut to one of his fastballs. Maybe that was just an accident. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Um, but uh, maybe if he gets a little movement going, it adds a little uh, a little late life that might add something to him. He just seems very hittable. Last last year's ERA was two point three three, and his FIP, FIP or, or FIP was uh, four point zero two, and it was like, oh well, maybe he's not just lucky. Maybe he's just one of those guys who can do that. And this year, it's like, nope, that ERA and the FIP are right there. They're just <laughs> both hovering around five. Sort of like that whole thing of Matt Cain's career, so yeah. <laughs> that people have been saying. So we roll into the next game. Uh, you know, pretty forgettable game. Giants come right back, and uh, and the offense comes to life in Coors Field, finally. And uh, they score 10 runs, and, and sort of the biggest news for me that gave me the sigh of relief, because that's what it's all about, and uh, was Buster Posey hitting hitting two home runs? He hasn't hit two home runs all year. Uh, <laughs> uh, his OPS almost at 800. <laughs> uh, and and they, were, they were nice. Uh, one was a, was a booming one. One felt a little more corsy, but uh, but fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Giants hit all up and down the lineup. That guy Matt Duffy we were just ragging on. He even had two hits. Even he had two hits. Uh, 
Uh, Gregor Blanco, since he's been put back in the lineup, Grant, I remember you writing about this, not looking very good. Um, in, in the last couple of starts, uh, he sort of picked it up this past week, I should say, a little bit. His on-base percentage is starting to get up there. He's striking out what seems like a little bit more than he usually does. Um, but hopefully this will be the, the part where he's not slumping as he takes over. Usually when he comes in to fill in for an injured outfielder, this is how it usually goes. He's really rough. And then he kind of gets going. I mean, yeah. this is one of the, what's happening now. Yeah, I, I remember that too. And I mean, I, we'll never forget the Blanco Wars of 2014. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just, can Gary Brown get here soon enough? <laughs> I mean, what has Gregor Blanco done for us lately? Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think he's probably fine. Um, I, I am sort of dreading him leaving in the offseason because I don't think the Giants will pay him what he'll get somewhere else. And I think he's probably uh, well overdue to start for like the Braves or something uh, next year. So um, I'm, I'm dreading that and seeing, you know, where the Giants will find their next Blanco. But until then, uh, he's exactly what we thought he'd be, which is an overqualified fourth outfielder who will struggle and look like a dingbat uh, half the time and then be completely indispensable the other half. Well, that's a good. That'll be a good off-season bet because I'm going to put money on the Phillies uh, for where where he might go. I could see that. I mean, the Phillies, uh, you know, they're going to have a billion dollars to spend this off-season, and they could just basically now that they've got a rotation, they can like buy a lineup that can win, and I think they'll do it. So that would be a, a cost-effective way to get at least one starting quality outfield, outfielder. One thing I will say about this game was uh, another worrisome appearance from Javier Lopez. Um, well, Hunter, or I should say Madison Bumgarner pitched a great game. Um, he sort of threw, kind of clocked in a lot of pitches in the early going. Um, and and he, he was kind of not cruising in the first inning, but he was doing well. And I think he had an 0-2 count on Arenado and he hit him. And, uh, and then that kind of led to 12 more pitches than he needed to throw perhaps. And, uh, so the first inning, it was it was kind of dicey, and that's why he only threw six innings. But, you know, he looked like Madison Bumgarner. That's kind of how we've been reviewing these games. It's like, well, the, the three starters looked great. Now let's talk about the rest of the pitchers. Right. <laughs> uh, but Javier Lopez coming in, and, you know, that ERA is is whatever. But I, I would say an ERA for, for a lefty specialist being in the sixes, it's it's – it's worrisome, so, especially when Javier Lopez is is getting paid to get one batter out, and he usually doesn't. Yeah, uh, that was like my least favorite relief outing of like the last four years, almost. Just that he comes yeah. in to face two left-handed batters and walks them yeah. with with a, with a with a three-run lead. Like it, it just it, nothing hints at a broken pitcher quite like that. Like that's just not something Lopez would have done in the last you know, any of the last five seasons. Just there's no way. Uh, that's that's the one thing that you want him to not do. If he gave up hits, it would be more excusable than that because you know sometimes guys are going to get hit. If he comes in and gives up and just walks two guys, then you kind of have to look at it like there's something very wrong with him right now because that is not who he has been and that's not who he should be if he's going to be successful. Right with the, with a one run lead, maybe you could see him being too fine and getting squeezed or something like that. But no, like the one thing he couldn't do was walk someone, and the one thing you know he can do is throw strikes whenever he wants to. So that was a really really jarring outing. I, I think 
I think just the bullpen is bad, right? <laughs> uh, I think we're if we we worry about most of the guys in the bullpen. <laughs> you know, uh, Hunter Strickland. Let's let's uh, go to the next game here. Eight, get speed things up a little bit here. The Giants win the series in the next game, eight to three, and uh, at Johnny Cueto pitching in Coors Field. I don't know why is that not as troublesome as him pitching. Um, against in the great american ballpark where where he got knocked around like he was jake peavy in course field in that in that game but in in uh this he seems to be pretty well in control here six innings five strikeouts uh, whatever but didn't really seem to be too flustered uh and and then the giants scoring a bunch of runs early that certainly it was six to two by the time got to the bottom of the fourth so you know i think you know that also lets you just do what you want and, and cool things down. Um, uh, it was it's great to see Buster Posey. Sometimes he has these spurts where he does something and then he's kind of quiet. I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not mad at Buster Posey. He's the he's got to be the best hitter on the team. And so hopefully this is like him starting to come out of it. But uh, I think you mentioned this in one of your recent recaps for one of the games we're about to talk about. Hunter Pence went three for five in this game, three RBI, and uh, and Hunter Pence. Who knew Hunter Pence has this uh, sort of that contract run uh, type end of the season that the Giants enabled the Giants to extend him sort of or inspired them to. And he's kind of doing that now to start the season. Uh, and that's been great to see. He's been fantastic. He's, you know, he's uh, he's on pace to shatter his career high in walks. Um, let's slow down a little bit lately. Um, but he's, you know, he's hitting for average, hitting for power like He's not chasing the dumb sliders that he can get in trouble with. Like when he came over in 2012, he was just chasing just horrible Aaron Rowan type sliders, you know, that would, that would bounce in the other batter's box. Um, he's not doing that anymore. It's like you, you kind of have to throw him strikes. And if it's not a good strike, it, it's, you know, he's going to make you pay. So um, <laughs> he's been a real, real joy to watch this season. He's been getting better and better for the last three years. Uh, the Giants had 17 hits in this game. Um, we've talked about this before in the podcast. You know, Denard Span is not bad. He's just kind of there. And he went three for five, and I don't really me- remember them. One of those was an RBI. <laughs> I don't well, really Well, he homered. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't, like, go back and watch it. <laughs> I actually watched Kelby Tomlinson's plate appearances because he looks like a major league hitter. So, <laughs> so I want to watch, you know, it's Kelby Tomlinson's on, and I watched Matt Duffy's um, uh, as well. Cause it's a, I'm just, you know, rest in peace. Uh, I needed to see, I needed proof. I need to identify the body, uh, but Kelby Tomlinson's on base percentage is, is over, is over three ninety. It's almost 400, uh, you know, limited playing time. Sure. But that's, Limited playing time. That's great. Um, how often, you know, he he lost two games for the Giants in the first month of the season. Yeah. And uh, and he has played uh, admirably. That There's a word we don't use for baseball players often. <laughs> admirably since then. Uh, and he should get some credit for it. <laughs> you, you know, I held off. I had this this idea after, I can't remember what game it was. He, he made a, uh, a dingus play. And it wasn't like a, a remarkably... Memorable one, but just watching it, uh, I had a friend text me just one word butcher, 
<laughs> and it's just like, man, he's getting to be one of these players that just isn't doing anything well. Like we're talking about McGeehee at the top. Like Tomlinson's always going to have his wheels and he's always going to um, run well and stuff like that. But what if he doesn't hit 300? Like if he's just one of those players, if he's not going to hit 300, he might be useless. Um, and, and that was going to be the thesis of my article. I said, no, nah, I don't want to bury the guy. He's had 40 at bats, 50 at bats, whatever. And then since then he's gotten crazy hot and he looks like the, the sort of guy who's going to hit 300 or, you know, at least the 280, get on base and, and run a little bit. So, uh, he, he's fun. I mean, he's, you know, he's fun to watch. He, he looks like I did before I, you know, had some professional help to not look like he did. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I root for the guy. I mean, I look like, you know, I, I grew up looking like Scott Gareltz on a bad day. And so like, I, I see a guy with glasses and I'm, I'm pulling for him and he, he's a marvelous athlete. I mean, he's fast and I, I just wish he could catch the ball a little bit better, but if he can stick in, in the outfield and be sort of like a super Terrio kind of player, uh, that, that, that's fun. That's fun. Well, uh, Doug, I'm going to bring up something you mentioned before. You know, if the Reds could turn Adam Duvall into a serviceable <laughs> left fielder, you would hope that the Giants could figure out a way to do it with Kelby Tomlinson. Uh, I mean, they threw tra- they just threw Travis Ishikawa out there. I mean, if they could win one World Series with Travis Ishikawa. They could probably win three with Kelby and left. Oh, I mean, just imagine, I, every time that comes up, it's just so funny. It's just, can you imagine, like, Bochi and Sabian just talking about their options? It's like, well, you know, Ishikawa, he's not athletic, but, uh... And then there's just, like, this pause. <laughs> like, there's no reason he should be out in left field. I just... <laughs> I mean, just how injured did, did Mike Morse have to be? <laughs> to have Travis Chico out there. Man, it still makes me giggle like two years later. Uh, well, uh, it's him or Chris Dominguez. <laughs> oh, man, which they literally <laughs> uh, th- That So this game, you know, eight to three, Giants 32 and 20 after it, but it was just one of those, it was one of those cores games where everyone got a chance to fill up the box score, unless your name was Matt Duffy. Or if, you know, it, it got a chance to double. They hit yeah. 800 doubles. They did. They they did something they done since 2000, which really was a crazy offensive season, but not to the point that I recall them hitting eight doubles three times in a three-month <laughs> span all on the road, <laughs> which that's is – that's weird. That is very weird. Uh, that, that, that's flipping a coin three times and, like, landing on its side, <laughs> like, that kind of weird. Just – I mean, those the – First three times they had hit eight doubles in a game since moving to San Francisco. That's weird. <laughs> that is so. It's like it, it was sort of like uh, an earthquake. They had the energy built up. They had to get it out. Uh, <laughs> but that team was. Uh, I'm not surprised that it was the 2000 team. I'm like, oh, that team definitely could have done it. Bonds, Kent, uh, Marvin Bernard was good for a double here and there. Burks. Um, Burks. That's what I was going to say. Burks uh, and and Bill Miller from time to time. I mean that and J T Snow. If you know, I can see that happening very easily. Um, I think that was the season where Doug Mirabelli hit a triple, even. Yeah. So you know, it's. I mean, Bobby Estelea was on that team, right? He he had good power. Bobby Chestelea. Bobby Chestelea. Chestelea. (laughs) That's what my mom called him. (laughs) I also, 
I also uh, very clearly remember the Giants facing uh, the Dodgers on a Fox Saturday baseball. Uh, Eric Gagne was the starting pitcher. And I think through the first turn of the lineup just was totally dominant. In the second turn, the Giants tuned him up pretty nicely. And Bobby Estalea had maybe a three-run home run or a grand slam. I'm remembering the number home run wrong, but it was a he smashed the crap out of a ball. And after they did the Fox replay where they they caught some audio in the dugout, like they had the pitching coach for the Dodgers mic'd. And he goes, you made that, uh, you hung that slider or whatever to Estalala. That, so just, I just remember some old crusty white guy going, Estalala. He really uh, just creamed that ball clear over the fence. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's wink, right. Yeah. wink into the podcast. <laughs> that's right. That was excellent. That was a nice little chill. That was good. Uh, <laughs> just real quick, uh, the the first time the Giants had eight doubles in a game, I pulled the box score up because I don't I don't get to make fun of old timey names enough. Um, they had a Heine in the lineup. Mm-hmm. They had an Irish high pockets. Um, they were facing the Phillies, who had a lefty, a guy named Huck Betts, uh, Lurton Pinto, and their cleanup hitter was Cliff Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I like old timey names, but that adds like a little Jack Torrance, it's the Overlook vibe to it. That's right. <laughs> oh man, I'm picturing uh, Ruben Amaro saying, "You've always been here." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Coors Field, you get 17 hits, you score eight runs. There is that degree of if you're a good team, it's kind of expected. But it really was sort of a, a, a sigh of relief of like, oh, good, the Giants still have it in them. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. that opening series in Milwaukee really was a weird way to start the season because it did set some pretty high expectations for the team. Um, yeah. I think I think I was an idiot, too, with my recaps for like the first week because um, they kept scoring like 12 runs. And right. I'd be right. like, this is, you know, it took them until June to score 12 runs last year. And this year they've done it three times already. Isn't that something? And then like an idiot, you know, they're, <laughs> they're not going to score more than five for a month. Well, I think the thing, the key for me with buying into that first week hype essentially was that they were a really good offensive team last year. Yeah. And if the pitching could be good at all, which, you know, it really hasn't. <laughs> so I mean, the starting has been, it really did get to where it, the first three starters we expected them to be. Uh, but, you know, they were really good last year. And so if this was sort of everyone taking an, another step as opposed to being at least as good or in cases of like Matt Duffy or, or Brandon Crawford regressing to the mean as sort of everyone else outside of Giants fandom expected, you know, then it's like, aha, <laughs> the Giants <laughs> are onto something. But, you know, that's they're really just a collection of good hitters that – yeah, uh, you did write something heartbreaking, and 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 it, I don't remember if it was yesterday's recap or the one before. Maybe it was yesterday's, which we'll talk about now. The Giants scored three runs somehow against the Braves in in a loss. Uh, they traveled to Atlanta to play a day game after playing in Coors Field, which. You know, I guess baseball is like, well, that was a game day too. So, <laughs> I'm picturing it's an old married couple who makes the uh, the schedule, right? So that's it, why I'm picturing that be. voice. They, okay, they got yeah. bounced. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Herb, where did you put the Tigers schedule? <laughs> I'm looking for the Tigers schedule. 
Damn it, Bond, I'm on the Rockies. I don't have time for that American League bullshit. <laughs> and then one year they just totally forget to include the Mariners. <laughs> that <laughs> um you forgot about the AL West? Did we get the AL West schedule? Ah, oh, who cares anyway? <laughs> Uh, but you had written about, I guess to finish my point, you had written about not the d- the death of Brandon Crawford, but like, oh, Brandon Crawford's just good for a shortstop. <laughs> and there was, to me, there, when I read it, I was like, ah, he's probably right. <laughs> but I, I suppose you couldn't really expect Brandon Crawford. Well, I shouldn't say you couldn't really expect. It's not that big of a surprise that he's not as amazing as he was last year. How, how greedy can we get with Brandon Crawford? Like, because he was supposed to be like, oh man, if he could just hit like a like a decaying Edgar Renteria, oh god, oh, that would be so good. <laughs> like if he could if he could just hit uh, a little bit better than the 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 corpse of Orlando Cabrera, oh my goodness, we'd be so happy. And then he does, yeah. and he's he's a <laughs> fine hitter for a shortstop. You know, nothing nothing too special. Put him in the eighth spot in the lineup, and that's great. And then he starts hitting a little bit more, and it's like okay. Now, if he can just sustain this where he's almost an average hitter and then he leads the team in home runs and like now we're just getting greedier and greedier. And it's like, oh, if he could just hit 60 doubles this year. <laughs> That's not unreasonable. Then the Giants will have it made. But, I, you know, I think what we're seeing is, is what we should probably expect, which is a guy that you are extraordinarily happy to have in the lineup. And you just don't expect him to lead the team in home runs again. And you don't necessarily think he's going to have an adjusted OPS over like, you know, 110 again. I just, he doesn't make enough contact. He's not, uh, he's, you know, he's just not that kind of hitter, I don't think. Well, I mean, he's off his OPS from last year. I I like, still like the quick and dirty of the OPS. But I, I mean, for baseball reference, OPS plus 114 last season, 106 this year. That's, that's, yeah. Uh, it's not too far off the mark. 782 OPS last year, 761 this year. So so, far. We're, so we're being idiots is what you're saying. He's basically uh, I, all I'm saying is like I think the reason why we're like oh if he was he, he's been getting better every year. I think that was sort of the thing. And this is still that time frame where baseball players get better. He's still in that range. You know what I mean? He's 29 this year. We got we've got two more years. Right. Two more years. He'll be 30 home runs by the end of that. That is the thing. The the adjusted OPS. It was 86 in 2012. Then up into the 90s. Then up into the hundreds. And last year the 110s. So ergo, yeah. prompt for Hawk. <laughs> You, you have so we're, we're just like 20s. four years away from being peak A Rod. That's, right. That's right. Yeah, when he's thirty-five, he's just going to be yeah, he's going to be Pujols, but a Gold Glove shortstop. It just yeah. math. Yeah. <laughs> so th- three wins, uh, or sorry, five wins, two losses. Uh, another just stellar week by the Giants overall, and they're in first place. And uh, it's not. I'm not really checking how far ahead or whatever. I don't really care. But they're they're playing. I, I would say that the Giants are playing to maybe not their 100 percentile, but they're they're playing as well as can be expected at this point. Not as well as I ex- not as badly as I expected them to. They're well off the 57 win pace I had them at. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, but, it could still happen if they win only yeah. win 24 more games this this season. You're good. Yeah, uh, you know, if Matt Cain's going down, who's next? You know, so. Uh, <laughs> I'm knocking on with it. 
would be good uh, for your brand. Yes, it would be excellent. Uh, you know, this, I guess the only thing I could say about this last start, Jeff Sabarja, you know, he lasted five innings and he did not look great every time. I'm not sure what the game plan was, but there was, a, I guess it felt like for both hitter, for either side of the plate, uh, he was just pitching away for most of it. And he was trying to get the outside strike, but it just didn't look like he was challenging hitters as much. And maybe that was a familiarity thing. I know that Malik Smith pitch was essentially that he backed up. Uh, I think he threw two fastballs outside. Like he just backed up the same pitch. It didn't do anything. I think the travel and the being it being a day game. Uh, every time I've seen a bad Jeff Samarja start, like last year and the year before, it was like a day game. Remember that game against the Orioles where the the, the stadium was empty? Yes. That was a oh, bright yeah. sunny day, and he got the crap knocked out of him. Uh, I think it was probably just that it was a weird game, but in any case, yeah. uh, you know, just stuff like that, you know, Samarja is probably going, I think this is more like to be expected from Samarja versus Cueto, uh, that he's going to just have starts like this. And you would hope if it's against the Braves, the Giants are going to score, be able to outscore his mistakes and they couldn't this time. Yeah, and, I, and the the two runners that were on before Malik Smith's triple uh, were on because they took stupid swings at bad pitches they couldn't hit, and they ended up hitting them. Um, you know, he didn't throw meatballs right down the middle necessarily. So no, I'll, he I'll, didn't. No, you're I'll right about that. On that, I'll get I'll give a pass on that start. But you kind of expect at least one of these starts to be mixed in for every five he throws. You know what I mean? Like Samarja shouldn't be a Cy Young candidate. There's no reason to expect that when he's, you know, in his thirties. Um, so you, you got to expect one game like this where he's just a little too hittable. Yeah. I, I'm, so I, I'm kind of fine with, with it, you know, three more games in Atlanta. That's you, you hope the giants win the next three. Uh, Dan Zimborski had a, had a fun tweet yesterday. He goes, the giants had better win two of the next three games because, there is that rule that no team that lose, that any team that loses a series to the Braves does not get into the playoffs. Um, <laughs> so, and I I st- I agree with that. <laughs> just caught up. The, I just write it right in there. Yeah, the Braves are made to be a doormat this year. You have to beat them. They 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 will say to you, what, "You didn't beat us." <laughs> uh, so that's that's it. Uh, so it's. I'll round round up, uh, Grant, since we have you here. But first two months of the season, you're pleased with the results? Absolutely. And I, I, the only thing I'm not going to be pleased with is when the offense just starts going nuts and the starting pitchers can't get through five innings. Oh, and then they'll coming. still win. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, there, there's going to be like an adjustment to where you go, whoa, you should have done that back then. But, um, yeah, this is – I mean, it's not just a good season in terms of their winning. It's also uh, – can you hear that cat, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's he's fine. he's, a, he's a, like 15 and he sprained his ankle. And that's – did you see my great tweet? I didn't. I, I called him – he, after he sprained his ankle, I called him Steph Purry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways. Did um, he deny that he had sprained his ankle and he's he's like Angel Pagan? So. No, I, I I thought he was like I thought he broke his leg and like I like I canceled plans like I, I I set you know blocked off the day so I could take him into the vet and then he like starts walking around like no no I'm okay I'm okay um, so that's kind of like Steph Curry would do <laughs> after the surgeries like he would like go down and you go oh my god the franchise is ruined and then he'd hop up like no 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 sorry just a tweet come back uh, 
Anyways, uh, what were we talking about? We were talking about first uh, two months of the season. You're first happy two months. With- so they're good, but they're also good in a long term sense. In that, like, they're not just winning; they're winning in a way that makes you really, really happy. They spend a lot of money on Samarja and Cueto, like, and that that's that's huge. I mean, we can worry about Matt Duffy and you know his Buster Posey, the the MVP force he used to be, whatever. But having Samarja and Cueto pitch so so well to the point where like now you're worried about Cueto opting out in two years, um, which is you know kind of a, a an amazing thing, amazing transition in the first couple months. So um, I like the way that they're winning. They're winning with that that front three and the problems that they have. It seems like they can they can fix it. I, I'm happy he opts out in two years. Uh, I'm that they'll have both he and Kane will be off the books, um, and you you essentially have two seasons to find one or two quality starters in your minor league system, which that's been the plan the whole you know the giants know they have to do that they have to find new players in their farm system at some point so if nothing else it, it gives them an opportunity to kind of just figure it out and they're yeah. gonna have and, and, they're gonna have yeah. Bumgarner. they're gonna have samarja so yeah and, and, and I, whoever pays play, though, is, is going to pay for his decline mm-hmm. like in, in in two years so they'll the Giants are giving up those kind of kind of sketchy four years at the end of his contract, and they'll let someone else pay them, or maybe they'll just double down and give him five years after that. Who knows? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if if he does end up leaving, the Giants will have gotten him for you know two years and fifty million or forty six million or however the money shakes out, and you would absolutely say yes, give him that contract during the off season. Yeah. You would be very happy with that. <sighs> That's what so I say. I'm, I'm like. We never hear about two-year deals that are for like high AAV. That's that's what I want. I want more of those. <laughs> yes, exactly. So you know what? If he walks, great. I will have absolutely no grudge against him unless he sandivals his way out the door. And uh, good luck to him. And I, I hope he's good enough that he does that. Yeah. That, like that's that Cespedes contract, for example. It's like it's one year and then the opt out. But I mean, it's like if that had been two years, fifty million to me, that'd have been like that's great. You know, that's that's they should there should be more of that. And a player like him is perfect for that. Um, and Cueto's in that same vein, I feel like, where it's that high volatility, high risk. I don't think it's that high of a risk. He's been a very good pitcher, except for the second half of last season for a good stretch of starts, admittedly. But when he got to Kansas City and then in the playoffs, he was good. He was. Uh, so, so to me, I, I, I've never uh, bought in. I never bought into the. Johnny Cueto panic, and I think the national attention would have been different if he had signed with not the Giants. I think they're like that's a great move by the Royals to keep him, or that's you know the great and oh, the the Yankees another smart move, uh, <laughs> but maybe it wouldn't have worked out for the Yankees. See, because <laughs> uh, the, the Yankees' idea of like we'll just throw money at the problem has has certainly uh, twisted into this dark weird thing. <laughs> With all that, with all that seemingly dead money on their books, but um, yeah, uh, all right. Well, Grant, we this is the time in the in the podcast where you air grievances and you state your political intentions, uh, or no, or we just answer Twitter questions. So. <laughs> I, I'm ready for anything. So I, you know, I got I got issues. All right. <laughs> oh, first, you're like a huge. I want to. Actually, Doug, before you mention the questions, we don't have that many, I don't think. But you're a no. huge Warriors fan. Yes. So you're on on cloud 
whatever Steph Curry's number is, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, um, you know, and it's it, it's great because I, I like the whole family gets into the Warriors. Um, my my daughter's watching the Giants games with me now. My seven my uh, seven year old daughter at least. Um, but like the whole family is getting together for the Warriors. Uh, my in laws are getting into the Warriors really really hard, and it's um, so it's kind of been this family communal thing because I can. How do I put this delicately? Like I can care about the Warriors in a way that's different than the Giants because when the Giants, even when the Giants are winning a World Series, like I'm, I'm thinking like, what's my take? What's my angle? You know, that sort of thing. Whereas with the Warriors, that's just being a dumb fan and just, you know, letting it all just spill out of my my ears and eye sockets and stuff and, and just having fun and dying with them and, and cheering with them and stuff like that. So uh, it's a different experience for sure. Shut up. <laughs> well, uh, well, it's they're pretty much like the most exciting team to watch, hands down. And the idea that people would want them – in the finals uh, is is funny to me. I mean, unless you're a fan of the other team, but they're like <laughs> but, one of the most uh, exciting teams to watch ever in any sport in any I'm capacity. A, like it's ever in any sport. I, I'm agreeing. I I wish that uh, time travel was possible for lots of reasons, but uh, another like petty reason would be to take all the game film of the Warriors of the past few seasons past couple of seasons, take it back in time to the early 2000s Kings and be like, this is what you were trying to do, but see, <laughs> they were good and they, they, they do good things. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I grew up on, on we only got the Kings game side of that. I, I grew up in a city where I could get San Francisco or Sacramento and unfortunately, Warriors games are hard to come by, so... I stopped being an NBA fan a long time ago. Uh, and well, that I might have been because the Warriors games weren't aired there because of a human rights violation at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's entirely possible, Doug. Uh, so what? Well, so enjoy the finals. Um, thank, thank you. Uh, very like the first thing I do is, is um, I don't know. I, I just I'm, I can't believe that that they actually came back against the Thunder because I because they were so humiliated. In those two games leading up to the three-one deficit, they just looked like they were the worst team. Steph Curry's knee had a you know possum living in it, and and Draymond Green was just the world's worst basketball player. And so I was uh, I was pretty down. But yeah. also in the history of the NBA, it's it's sort of these things are kind of set in stone. If if it's not the if the top seeds not just advancing without any sort of uh, resistance, it's whoever gets that three, one series lead. It's basically over, you know, it just doesn't happen where teams come back. So the warriors are surprising in more, in more ways than one, but really this century, they were the, you know, they, they beat the number one seed as an eight seed. So the warriors have had a lot of, they've brought a lot of fun to the NBA, at least from my uh, vantage point of not enjoying the NBA very much. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And they've added to uh, the, the nut kicking. Yeah. 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 It's great. I mean, they've yeah. got everything. Yeah. Who, who is the closest to Draymond Green on the Giants? Whew, I don't, I mean, uh, that would be a surly team leader who uh, maybe yells a little bit more than you would like him to. Uh, that sounds like Bumgarner. Right. I mean, okay. they're different. They're different in that, you know, Bumrunner's a little bit more stoic um, off the court or off the the baseball court. Um, 
So, but, you know, in general, of like a guy who probably drives the Padres slash Clippers batshit, like, yeah, just Bumgarner. Like, other people must hate that guy, you know, Green or Bumgarner. You know, when Bumgarner snaps at a, a hitter for tossing his bat or staring at a home run too long, um, that's just got to drive other fans nuts, and I love it. So, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the, uh, I didn't make a note of that. We didn't talk about the, uh, Bumgarner Will Myers uh, thing very much. Um, that that finally happened. That's something that I had talked about on the podcast a whole, not too long ago. Um, and that was it's going to happen where Bumgarner is temporary. He's going to yell at another player, and then we'll see what happens. It was a white guy. Oh, such a <laughs> as a as a as someone who uh, hears the Twitter echo chamber. It was it was so you know it was Will Myers. So really. Bumgarner should have some fans from that because a lot of people don't like Will Myers. Um, <laughs> he just he just has think, that look, don't he? Yeah, he. Well, I mean, he <laughs> that guy pimps his pizza pockets when they come out of the microwave. I mean, that's that's what he looks like. He puts he puts them down on the table and he goes, "Look what I've done." <laughs> <laughs> With that smirk on his face, but yeah, I, I would say Bumgarner. I guess I was I was thinking someone who would sort of do it uh, in a way, or sort of be ridiculous on the court in a way that that draws attention to itself. And then I was going to say Angel Pagan, but I would say Bumgarner is probably better. Um, I can picture Bumgarner kicking someone in the balls. <laughs> I, I can see that totally. Or historically, Jeff Kent. Yes. Yeah. Historical. I like. I always like the uh, the phrase "historical giants" <laughs> with something historical. absurd. Histo- yeah. Which historical giant would uh, would go on a bender? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> which historical giant would open his own frozen yogurt stand? Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's Bill Miller. I don't know. <laughs> it's Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry. <laughs> just hands you a bowl of something, and it's just all greasy and good, and don't know what's in it. Which historical <laughs> giant homebrews? <laughs> um, Gaylord Perry. <laughs> I was trying too hard to think of a pun, of a pun, so I failed. Jamie Brewington. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, oh it's right, right there. There. I'm like I'm like on like a William Van Landing keg. No, damn it, think harder. <laughs> I mean, you have been trying to make Jamie Brewington references the entire time you've had McCovey Chronicles. One just drops in your lap. And I just that was that was my chance. That was my chance. That was the the guy who was like in the Simpsons where the Stampy is attacking the peanut factory. And the guy goes like, all right, we've been planning for this. You, you thought I was crazy. And, you know, then it's too late. Like, oh, my oh. God. I forgot about that. <laughs> that, was that. That was that moment in my life. Uh, we, uh, folks, if you don't know, uh, now this is only related to The Simpsons in this way. Frankyact.com. My God, they make gifts now. It's <laughs> amazing. Life changing. Uh, all right, Doug. What are some of our Twitter questions? All two of them. <laughs> oh, oh, did we have two? I only saw one, and it's not oh, even really relevant it? anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, the only one I saw was because Belt tweaked his ankle. So someone said, "Should we keep Posey at catcher with Belt hurt because the starting pitchers are on fire with him there, 
or should he play first base to get his bat going? Well, I I do uh, subscribe to the theory that Posey hits so much better against or Posey hits so much better as a first baseman because he plays first base against lefties mostly. And that's what's boosting his number, that he crushes lefties more than uh, the rest he gets for his knees. So I find the whole theory spurious. And I, uh, I, I think you keep Posey behind the plate because he's an asset there. And if you're going to have Connor Gillespie there, Connor Gillespie, for whatever faults he might have, he's a better hitter than Trevor Brown. And I don't think anyone's going to dispute that. So um, I, w- I would rather have Gillespie in there than Trevor Brown behind the plate. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think there was someone asking if they could be uh, best friends. I can't find that tweet, unfortunately. So someone, uh, I, I don't remember who asked, but if you listen to the podcast, uh, I choose my best friends very selectively. So uh, I'm going to have to say that's a pass. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thank you for listening. And, uh, <laughs> uh, if we hung out, maybe maybe I could get to know you, and and maybe you're a cool guy, and then we could be best friends. But uh, do you like have uh, a groomsman for your you know future wedding? So this you- is a great question. Uh, that the answer is uh, maybe, but it's it maybe leaning towards no, but only because I I really I haven't been able to pick. I, I have a couple of choices, but I haven't narrowed it down yet. Got and it. and I'm not in that. I'm in the. I'm getting in that mindset where I'll have to start thinking about it, <laughs> that pre mindset mindset. But yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. That's a great question. That is why I fear talking about best friends because I know that question's coming. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, and Doug, you're a robot, so friendship yeah. is a foreign concept to you. So. Yeah, totally emotional. <laughs> I, I don't even aspire to be human. I think that's stupid. <laughs> um, uh, uh, and, and Grant, yours is that you're a cat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that little uh, that little fellow's got me through a lot. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that's, that's the only person. I mean, if you want to, if if we want to be real about this, he is the only adult around in my life for like twelve hour spans for most of the week. Like if I'm with someone else, it's either a seven-year-old, a three-year-old, or an adult cat who whom I relate to a lot more. So, yeah, 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 that's my best friend, and I guess you just pointed that out to me. <laughs> well, why do you sound broke? Like that's a bad thing. You sound like that was all positive. <laughs> at least almost forty. <laughs> um, oh, I'm gonna bring back an old question real quick since this happened. Recently, uh, Tim Lincecum, uh, no longer with us. He is now in the American League, so basically dead. Um, and he's he's uh, slated to return. His I think his third start's going to be against Oakland. And I think the Giants are not playing the, the Angels this year, so that's unless both teams get to the World Series. Um, <laughs> uh, what... What do you think uh, Lincecum's return against the A's? I, I guess all of us are semi-qualified A's fans uh, or semi-qualified A's discussers because anybody could be on that team, and we don't know how good they are, just like diehard A's fans. Uh, but what do you think <laughs> Lincecum, how he's going to do 
first pitching in the American League and second uh, against the A's in, at the end of June. As much as I want to believe, I peg him for an ERA between four and five because that's what he's done for each of the last three seasons. And um, maybe the hip was the problem. You know, maybe. I mean, that that's something that, that gave me hope. Like, that's kind of where I was leaning towards. Yeah, sign him. Maybe it was the hip. That would be a great story. Um, but really, he we this is year five of him not being good anymore. Um, so maybe he'll be kind of the same functional pitcher that he was last year before he got hurt and, and finished the season. So um, that was a, the ups and downs. His ERA was like four four point one or something like that. Um, so I, I would expect that pitcher. Too many walks. You know, he's never going to have great command. He's never going to have blow away stuff again. So um, I'm, I'm hoping for better than functional, but I would I would guess functional. Yeah, I'd say functional is about right. He's, you know, the the hope with him is that his fastball velocity is going to be back and the quotes coming out of his his five innings and extended spring training was, well, I'm not throwing 87 anymore. I'm throwing 89, which does not inspire a ton of confidence. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's it. I want to believe, but um, I'm going to do the fool me five times shame on me kind of attitude and, and, and make him prove it. I think if he keeps his ERA under five, and that includes like 485, that I think that's a success. <laughs> I just... Well, especially uh, for the Angels. Yeah, it's yeah, better exactly. than the Angels can just, you know, rustle up from their minor leagues for the most part. So yeah, that's, you know, bully for them. That, that's great. I mean, I was trying to think of who of these face this year that's kind of comparable Doug Fisser's not really a great comp. He's much taller, and he gets ground balls, and he doesn't strike out guys as much. But he walks kind of a fair amount. Uh, his FIP is four ninety nine, and his ERA is three eighty six. I get. If, I think if Tim Lincecum has a as a fielding independent uh, ERA of four ninety nine, then that's also a win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and if his performance is under that, his actual ERA is under that, also would be great. Uh, so I don't know. I I I think he still to me it still seems like he's got that good changeup and if the fa- so to me it was always that separation of fastball velocity and changeup cuz they could just sit on they could just sit on a fastball with him. Right. And if there's any sort of life on that fastball, he will be slightly more effective than he had been for the last 3 years with the Giants. So Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, we, I just thought I'm sure there are Tim Lincecum diehards who scavenge the internet for any reference to him, and here they go. So. <laughs> yeah, I can see. I mean, you know, if if pitching is a business where you is made or or lost with the additional tenths of a second that you gain with deception or velocity, that if he gets a couple tenths of those seconds back, you know, maybe maybe he maybe got something. So you know, don't don't poo poo it just yet. All right, uh, so the Giants are going to finish uh, where they're going to play the next three games in Atlanta. Uh, and then they're going to play three games in, in St. Louis. Oh, that's always great. Um, and the Giants usually play the Cardinals hard. It's just the idea of spending a weekend watching them play in St. Louis is usually a bummer. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Grant, thanks for joining us. Uh, I tell people, we tell people every day, go to McCoveyChronicles.com. It's quality content every day um uh grants on that you got an article today you just posted your your uh, weight training picks right your progress with your weight training you've 
you know, that muscle. So. I have no ideas of what I'm going to write this afternoon after, after I hang up here. Um, so this should be interesting. I've got zero idea. Zero. All right. All right. Um, that's great. Uh, uh, and you're at, you're at McCoveycron on Twitter. Yes, sir. And I am at every six day and Grant, or you're Grant. I just talked to you. And Doug, you're at Moonwalk McFly. Just doing it all. Yes. Um, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Bye. You got it. Thanks, thanks guys.